So in case um, this is your first time tuning in to Verbs, a hockey conversation, uh, my co-host Chad Clapper has been on the road uh, looking for any secret children that Jeremy Roenick may have because one of the goals of our podcast is to try to reunite the children of the 2004 Philadelphia Flyers team that went uh, to the conference finals, you know, some, uh, you know, unfinished business shit. And some little birdies told me he might have caught a case out in California. He was last scouting JR's potential offspring and I think San Jose. So through kind of some back channels, I encouraged him to make his first and only phone call from the system to me so we could record this cast because we think the people need it, um, especially at this tumultuous time in Philadelphia Flyers uh, fandom. We'll just sit and wait. That could be him now, yeah. yeah. I have a collect call from Chat, an inmate at a San Bernardino County detention facility. If you would like to accept this and future collect calls, please press four. You in there? I'm, I'm in here. <laughs> Shit, so what'd you do to get locked up in uh, San Bernardino? I'm guessing you were trailing down the King's here. days then? So, um, there's this one kid out there that, like, a lot of swag. Had a jersey tuck going, righty, and, um, when he went into the showers, grabbed his bucket real quick and started looking for hairs, and, um, that got some unwanted attention. Well, keep your head up. Don't get fed up. That's all you can do. Yep. Coachella wasn't last week. I could have sworn it was. I saw a lot of a lot of midriffs. Like God, Coachella, man. the Flyers uh, announced their assistant coaches. Awesome. Who'd they keep? They have Le, Le Perrier, Vigneault, both French guys. You're probably thinking that's as many French guys as they can have, right? They added Michel Therrien. Oh, nice. I hope he knows cigarettes are really expensive here. And as if that wasn't enough for you, they added uh, the world-famous uh, Mikey Yayo. Mikey Yayo. Oh, boy. So we got two bald guys, three Frenchmen on the same staff. This is looking pretty good. That's money. You got Hitchcock still available? Physically, I don't think Hitchcock can fit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I like get him in that weight room just calling guys pussies. Yeah, man, like, Ghost is trying to do some squats and slaps him across his face and spits in his mouth. He was actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for bringing that up, but you were talking about some of my priors at San Bernardino. I think this, uh, I think this setup is either going to work or, like, fail miserably and be dramatic as shit. And either yeah. way, it is an improvement. The problems for five years, they can't start a season. 
they can't start a first period, sometimes a second period. These problems of consistency and, you know, starting a hockey game on time, which, like, watching the Flyers, you would think no other team can do this, that that's, like, half the battle. When, in fact, very many teams can come out and play hockey once the puck drops. You know, and those are the other teams in the league that duff the Flyers out in the first, like, 40 minutes of a hockey game. So I think that's good to have those three guys behind the bench. So so a lot of people I saw were, like, mad about, because in Danny Breer's biography, he wrote that, like, <laughs> Michelle Therrien told him in the locker room in 17, when Breer was at that point, what, 36, 37, that, like, yeah. <laughs> that no one wants to hear you and shit like that. <laughs> Like, honestly, I love Danny Breer. His last season as a flyer, I feel like he had like 12 points. Yeah, very washed then. And the like, Canadians took a flyer on him, and he was equally washed. He was playing like half the time. I think what's funny, too, is especially for Flyers fans to gripe about that, I think it's fine to hold Breer in esteem. So that's pretty much a coach saying that, like, fuck your intangibles. No one has a fucking opinion on Mike Yo, period. Mm-hmm. Like, coming out now and trying to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought in Mike Yo. Is like, Yo? Like if you if you got a thing against goatees, fine. If you don't like glasses, okay. But that's not really, you know, that, <laughs> it's not really, you know, the full Mike Yo package. Yo know, just doesn't really move the needle too much. Tarion has been just a world-class prick everywhere. And Vina is just this suave-ass dude who's done a great job winning NHL games. That's what the Flyers do. They stir shit up. They're like, this wasn't working. We're not finding the middle ground. We're doing the complete opposite. We're spending a bunch of money, and we're getting, like, some serious NHL people in here. Like, that. that's what the franchise is about. And like you said, if it, if it fails miserably, it fails miserably. I mean, Vino at least has built-in scapegoats. Like, so I don't really see what's not to like here. So it's, ba- it's back. We're back. Uh-huh. I hope I don't have a unique perspective on being a Philadelphia Flyers fan where it's like, you gotta do the big shit. You gotta let your nuts hang. All right, so one team wins the Stanley Cup every year. Mm-hmm. The track record of getting there and getting, you know, to the cusp of that has always been by being irrational, arrogant, and ambitious. And that is the defining ethos of flyerdom. Yeah, the kind of history and ethos of an actual franchise that you can relate to like a franchise that has like a mood and a tone to it which the flyers have always had that's how that's how you became a flyers fan from that fuck your book learning uh mm-hmm. here's a goddamn checkbook only book you need exactly on <laughs> that let's do that I'll, I'll smack you in the head and this is because you know in the joint now there's a lot of guys getting beat with telephone books but you know longest time flyers that they'll smack you with the checkbook and that thing that thing weighs more than a telephone book fucking right money's heavy fight on fight on that you know and so if it fails it fails i would rather fail with like gold chains dangling off my neck like a a bottle of liquor in my right hand and you know a gigantic cigar in the left like the baseline right now is uh six game playoff failures in which they get obliterated in three of the games. Yeah, when like, they're clearly not not competing at all like I on do, any serious level with these teams. <laughs> this, yeah, this combined crew is like, 
you know, three finals appearances. These guys have made it, the playoffs combined, I think, like 21 or 22 times in 30 tries. You know, like close to a 600 winning percentage combined with those three coaches. Oh yeah, but I don't know but you, you see that. that but you see that you know like the Minnesota Wild power play under Mike Yo in 2015 was under league average. Fuck off! Like, let's win 46, 47 games, and I'll start yeah. bitching about you know whatever the hell there is to bitch about after that. But I like I cannot. Do you even like average. being a Flyers they, fan? See some controversy. See some. They like an 18, 19 year old guy that they can get attached to, and they're just really worried how he's going to be treated. And instead of like, you know, fuck it, let's get a 32-year-old all-star defenseman to crack some skulls and shoot some fucking clappers out there. Imagine like the day of reaction to the Chris Pronger trade, if it happened now. Oh, like, oh my god, uh, two first-round picks? Someone what? someone would totally cut their wrists over losing Lucas Pisa. Someone would, would legitimately make that that take. Spiza for Pronger? Are you kidding me? Have you seen how young he is? He's Swiss. He's got great cheekbones. Like that. That's kind of what it gets into. It's like if you looked at these prospects, you got Chris fucking Pronger. Yeah, right. Two first. Couldn't care less about Lupul. You know? Because <laughs> he, what, he was like 27 at the time. Washed. Get him out of here. But, <laughs> but no, it's, it's the Spiza and the picks. That's what you got to worry about. For, for a guy who at times was the like the, the playoff run in 2010 best defenseman in the league then get some get some real fucking smoking speech takes who the fuck is gonna beat boston i think the canes are gonna do it honestly i think that team is is rolling so good and i think i think the blue jackets kind of looked at themselves as you know cinderella turning into a pumpkin or whatever does she turn into you know, Cinderella doesn't turn into a pumpkin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing? That's the, isn't that what happens? Where like if she doesn't get her shoe back, she becomes a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Cinderella, the Blue Jackets knew that they were about to be a pumpkin again, and they kind of saw and and they were scared. They got shook. They they lost a couple in a row. But I, I think the Canes can do it. I also think I think they have. Um, the lineup and the style of play to compete with Boston. The biggest concern, though, is like Rask is playing out of his mind right now. He's playing like a goalie that will win a cup, and you have McElhinney in net for the Hurricanes, um, which is actually, I mean, it's kind of a, a boost. What It wasn't in 06, or maybe, maybe it was. The Oilers goalie got hurt in the round before, and then they kind of just rode that backup magic. But Morazic's back. Morazic is practicing again. Is he? I, I actually think it would almost work out better where if you can if you can ride the backup. But whatever. I mean, I guess I I, I guess I, what I'm saying is it's kind of a wash. I think who's in net for Carolina. But I I think the team of like the very deep defense because you need kind of that faceless roster and solid system to compete against the Bruins. It is essentially the 10-year anniversary. So the last time the Canes were in the playoffs was... Was it 2009? I believe so. Um, and they played the Bruins uh, and defeated them in a second-round series that went to seven. 
Uh, the night of that game seven, it was a very foggy night. I backed into uh, his old black uh, Benzito. Nice. Raised my insurance rates. And then three, four months later, in a parking garage in Pittsburgh, that same door I had just bought him, uh, <laughs> scrapes it on a support beam, didn't get it fixed for like uh, ever. I wanted the fucking door. When he got rid of the car, I was like, I paid for that goddamn door. You banged it up again. Give me that fucking door. Give me the door. You might have a claim to that Mercedes door. So did this pay off for Columbus? That's actually, that's a, that's an interesting question too, where I, potentially it could. I mean, in the, in the amount of money you may make from getting through a couple playoff series, from generating fan interest as to what the possible contributions may be from draft picks, it could be close. I think it was worth it for him. I don't think, I don't think they're they're too bummed out. I think they had a good run. It was fun. They they won their first playoff series. Obviously, they wanted to win like at least another one. I think a trip to the conference finals probably would have been worth it. I think having that. I think sweeping the lightning makes it makes it kind of worth it. And getting into the second round. Is it? So if we're going by the the standard of, you know, the revenue you get, the interest. Um, yeah. Should have taken them to six. Six, yeah. Because, I mean, you, you think gate revenue, 18, close to 18,000? Do average well, actually, Or maybe seven, because they, op- they open up the stadiums and stuff for those road games. And you know the concessions are popping during that. Yeah. They might not be selling any tickets at the gate, but they're, they're slanging beers. Yeah. So I think they fucked up sweeping them. True. True. You're right. Everyone's going to be back. All the management, staff, Torts is going to be back. I don't know. Some people think Panarin may stay. Not a chance in hell. He was, honestly, I give him credit, though. He looked great all playoffs. And he up against. It was, there were so many times where it's like, it's literally Panarin trying to do everything. And, like, you guys just kind of, like, give him some help. I... I was not impressed at all, at least in, in game six by Atkinson. He had a few chances and, and blew them, but that guy was a ghost for most of the series. Like you would have you would have liked to kind of see a little bit more out of Atkinson. Um, I don't know. I if they do you, I was it worth it? Maybe. Knowing this now, would they do it again? I think they would. I think they would. I think to to upset the lightning like that and to finally win a playoff series, I bet you they pull that trigger. Yarmo Kekalainen, after the fact, and he was saying, um, we want players who want to live in Columbus and be proud to live in Columbus. Where are you going to find those guys, bud? <laughs> Maybe you can get RJ out of retirement, but Jesus Christ. That, that seemed like some very veiled, bizarre thing to say. You don't want any pro gonna, athletes on your team, or what, what's the what's the gambit? They're gonna have to start paying like the Winnipeg free agency tax. You know, you, you give Duchesne eleven million dollars a year, he's gonna love Columbus. Say all the right things at the press conference. Well, you say like the Winnipeg, but like Winnipeg is the most popping city in its province, right? Yeah. And that's not like a real hot province, but, but it's. A, Columbus isn't even, like, the dopest city in the worst state in the U.S. Columbus, or maybe I'm thinking, I might be thinking of Madison, Wisconsin, those college towns. Because people actually like Madison. They say 
in some parts it can be forward thinking, you know, environmentally friendly, whatever else. Yeah, so, uh, but I guess when you're reaching for, again, maybe secondary cities in Wisconsin to compare to the, yeah. I, no, I, like I said, who, who the hell does he expect to get that wants to be in Columbus? No one wants to be in Columbus, well, man. Patrick Kane likes Madison, Wisconsin. Heck yeah, he does. <laughs> Old St. Cain's Day out there. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Drinking a lot. Did he get arrested? So like every week we're uh, playing a guessing game with the roster of the 2006-2007 Philadelphia Flyers, best team in Flyers history. Didn't make yep. it to 60 points, but I think they win by having the most players any Flyers team ever had. Yeah, 54 different people uh, got to claim to be NHL players for the Philadelphia Flyers in 2006-2007. We're trying to guess all of them. Last last week we knocked off UC Tiemann, brother of Kimo. First week we knocked off Mike York. I have uh, a good one for you this week if you're ready. I am ready. So this European man was six feet flat. He uh, holds the distinction of being the skater who played the most games for that team without recording a single point, but he did play less than a quarter of a season, so he played uh, 20 games, uh, pointless, as they all were. European man. Yep. Um... Mexico is not in Europe, correct? Correct. Anymore. Um, okay. Lassie Kukinen. I had other clues lined up. Was it Lassie? Yeah, I had other clues. I was going to say name typically associated with dogs. Um, I was going to say a shot blocking <laughs> defenseman, but no, you got Lassie Kukinen off of those Still two alone. That's incredible. Yeah. Was he the last guy to wear 28 before Giroux? Did he wear 28? I I am almost certain that Lassie rocks 28. Shit, that's going to be tough. Like, which... Because they got to retire 28, but which one... What name's going to be on that banner? It'll be double-sided. He was only 0607. He was minus one. That's it. Yeah. Zero, zero, minus one. That's great. 20 games. 20 games, but yeah, that's... That's pretty impressive for for that team. I gotta go. I my CEOs are starting to freaking pound down the door here. Uh, last bit of business is uh, fucking right. Fucking right, boy. For me, easy, easy one. Ian Laperriere. Way to go, Lappy. Keep your job. Fucking right, man. I don't know what it. It, it only it adds to the mystique too, because it's like. What does this guy do? You would have thought clearly he would have gotten the axe, but he's still around, you know, and obviously Vino spared no expense or, you know, wasn't shy bringing in guys to fill out the staff. So my fucking right boy is Ian LaPerriere. Fucking right. Keep keep surviving, man. So my my fucking right boy this week is actually a bunch of boys. I'm going to give it to an entire team. That team being the New York Islanders. Mm. Um. The New York Islanders very commendably beat the shit out of the Pittsburgh Penguins, knocked them out in four, and then yep. got the fuck off my TV as quickly as they possibly could. 
Uh, it's so, an extremely efficient two rounds of NHL playoff hockey. Exactly. They played eight games of playoff hockey. They did exactly what I wanted. So, yeah. fucking right, boys, the New York Islanders. Honorable mention since I've damned uh, two goalies already. Yeah, what? Yeah, who do you want to... Tuka Rask. Yeah, fucking right, Tuka Rask. Um, I said yeah. Rene the first uh, week, Bobrovsky the second week. Anytime you, your Ferb is a goalie, he is summarily eliminated from the playoffs. Done for. So, <laughs> I hope you're happy. With the, the key shutouts from Rask, he's looking amazing. Hopefully, he cannot continue that. I think he got it. We'll see We'll see if your kiss of death holds true. If you have another little, a little cushion to stick your pins in, maybe it'll be Rask. Fucking right, boys. Fucking right, boys. 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 Fucking right, boys. 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 Fucking right, boys.